0: Welcome to the WAGS of SCI podcast, where we discuss all things life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury, hosted by Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget.
1: Our partner's spinal cord injuries are what brought us together, and our common bond as caregivers to quadriplegics is what helped us to create the advocacy group WAGS of SCI, which is an acronym for Wives and Girlfriends of Spinal Cord Injury.
0: We know firsthand the challenges this lifestyle presents, and our mission is to spread awareness and positivity from our
1: unique perspective. So join us each week as we discuss fresh topics and new ideas surrounding relationships, self care, and living your best life as a caregiver and partner to someone with a serious injury. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Wife of SEI podcast. Here we go. The episode you're about to enjoy is brought to you by Anchor Medical Supplies. This company is very special to us as it is owned and operated by a quadriplegic. His name is Paul and his wag of SCI, Jessica. They have been married for 22 years and they strive to provide the best service in the industry for catheters and ostomy products. Anchor Medical Supplies is based in Georgia, but work with nationwide Medicare, Medicaid, and many private insurance companies, including Blue Cross and TRICARE. They work with your doctor's office to get prescriptions organized and they bill insurance directly. They ship discreetly to your door without any hassles. They are passionate about advocating for
0: those with disabilities. And most of their staff are individuals that have been affected by
1: paralysis themselves. Their personalized services include monthly check-ins, expert advice, and customized products. This makes them a company you can really rely on and trust. They know the SCI life, and they understand how important peer support can be. If you aren't sure you want to change providers, subscribe to their monthly newsletter. Jessica curates
0: the latest SEI news, new products, and advice so you can stay informed and connected.
1: Just go to their website, AnchorMedSupplies.com, and fill out the easy form. Give Jessica and Paul a call today at 1-833-667-8669. Or you can visit their website at AnchorMedSupplies.com and tell them the length of SEI sent you.
0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Wags of SDI podcast with Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. So today we have a very special guest. I know we say this like all the time because all of our guests are special, but we have the, the woman who is behind Anchor Medical Supplies. Her name is Jessica Farthing. And she has been married to her husband for over 20 years. So she is our OG WAG. She knows what's up. She knows this life better than a lot of us do. Certainly better than I do. So here we go.
1: Hi, Jessica. Welcome to the podcast. We're very excited to have you here.
2: Hey guys, I'm so excited that I got the opportunity to talk to you today. That's awesome.
1: (laughs) So for our listeners, we wanted to kind of highlight who you are, where you come from. So where are you located?
2: Um, We are in Savannah, Georgia. We're on the eastern coast of the United States.
1: Amazing. Um, Yeah, it's just so far away because we are on the west coast of Canada. So (laughs) thousands and thousands of miles away from you, but it's really important to connect with everybody and it just goes to show you how big the WAGs community is and how far away we can be from each other and still connect online, which is so important. Um, I just wanted we just wanted to let everybody know that, you know, you've heard you've heard the podcast ads, you've heard and seen um, the amount of work that Anchor Medical Supplies does in the WAGS community and especially in Georgia. Um, but they are nationwide and it's it's funny because when we first connected with you, Jessica we were so shocked to hear, yeah, you know, my husband and I, we've been together for over 22 years and we have this company and it just, it means so much to us to have you
2: support the WAGs mission. Thank you. I think it's so valuable. You know, when Paul and I got married, um, we kind of had our own little group of WAGs over in Atlanta. Um, He worked with a company that had several guys in chairs and um, we kind of formed our own little group and we'd share information and, and kind of work through the issues of being together, newly together at that point. Um, but to have this huge diverse group is just absolutely amazing. Um, you know, it's the power of the internet for this. Um, back in the day, it was just, I had to pick up the phone and, and swallow my pride and have to ask another girl that I maybe had met the week before about a situation. Um, now it's just, As easy as going on Facebook and having a discussion and you may get 20 people, you may get 40 people that have all kinds of knowledge uh, to help you solve a problem or just support you. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, the
0: power of the Internet, right? And I mean, Brooke and I both say this is how we met from the get go. So it's really cool to be able to be in the privacy of your own home and still connect with people across the globe. So here we go, 2020. It's yeah. gonna be a. <laughs> <laughs> it,
1: it's also really okay. interesting to hear um, th- some stories from you because you know you met your partner before the internet was a big thing, right? Right. So
2: yeah, it's just it's that it's, really dates me, doesn't it? No. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's just
1: technology has progressed so fast that it's like, right. it's interesting to hear that perspective about you picking up the phone and calling. Cause I mean, I, Elaine and I talk about this all the time. We don't know what we would have done, um, in that situation. Um, like, I mean, I didn't have Facebook prior to my partner's injury. Um, and it was like really hard for me to connect with people and it was so isolating. So you must've felt like pretty isolated at times, right?
2: Well, Paul and I met, it's it's funny, we met in Savannah, we were both at college. Um, and our college, you know, I'm pretty sure that that was the only person that used a wheelchair that was at our college at that time. And so it was completely inaccessible. There was nobody else, um, really, that we knew with a spinal cord injury, um, you know, in a wheelchair in our peer group. So um, it's a historic city so if we went downtown it wasn't accessible if we went on on dates we usually had to troubleshoot that you know we did a lot of um, <laughs> a lot of uh, dates that that you know kind of had an awkward start um, because we couldn't get into a restaurant or a bar we couldn't you know get upstairs and and use an elevator we might be in the back of the kitchen writing up a dumb waiter you know oh, and yeah. um, So all of this kind of happened, but we were very young and very much in love and and just, you know, I jumped into the world without even considering it. And so right after graduation uh, for Paul, he graduated about six months before I did. He moved up to Atlanta to accept a job. Um, actually with his peer supporter from Shepard. Um, that was who offered him a position. And he went up to Atlanta and took the job and and we just kind of commuted back and forth and, and dated each other. And then when I went up there, that man's wife kind of took me under her wing um, and taught me a lot about, you know, some of the things that I was going to ask questions about, you know, were already there laid out for me.
1: Do you awesome. want to get into how you originally um, met your husband? Like, I know you met at college, but can you describe the first time you saw him and the first time you connected <laughs> and what what happened there?
2: We had such a sweet story. It's almost obnoxious. I mean, um, you know, we had... I had seen him a little bit around campus, and if you've seen any pictures of Paul on our social media, he's a good-looking guy, um, and he had, he just exuded all this confidence and and all this competence. And so I, you know, he he caught my eye quite a few times. And then his last it, back then it was quarters of uh, college. Um, his last quarter, we were in class together, and he actually picked me for a study partner because I guess he thought that I was cute as well and asked me out for a date a few weeks into that and I think we were pretty much inseparable ever since then um, he just fit like a puzzle piece into my heart and he is my best friend to this day after all these years which is pretty awesome all these years three kids you know moving from Atlanta to Savannah and and working together and everything so um, he's easy to get along with. <laughs>
1: Well, that's wow. really, really sweet. Um, I wanted to ask about your meeting because a lot of the women um, and men on our group, we, we get a lot of messages from men that are single, right, Elena? Right. <laughs> like every Hi. week we'll get messages Hi. from guys being like, you know, I'm disabled. I I don't know if I can find love again. Um, and it's just like so heartbreaking for us because we see past the chair and like your story is, is interesting because you were so young and did the chair and the disability play a role in anything or did you just immediately see past his disability?
2: Well, I did, um, but, you know, it was easy with him. And and this kind of goes along with some advice. Um, I met Paul, I guess it was a couple of years into his injury, um, maybe about three. Eh, maybe it wasn't that long. Maybe it's just two. Um, but he had kind of already gone through that black time. You know, um, he described some of the depression that he felt during, during that first adjustment phase. Um, and by the time I met him, what he was doing at our college was fighting for, um, accessible facilities. And he hosted a wheelchair, uh, basketball tournament and invited, um, walking friends to come and sit in, you know, he worked with a, a rehab in the area. They, he invited them to come and sit in the chairs and experience what life is like in a wheelchair. And, you know, he was just always kind of a very, um, forward thinking advocate for himself. Um, he was also um he's pretty independent in his attitude even if he always can't be independent in what he's doing um mm-hmm. you know he tries to problem solve anything uh that comes up physically first um you know almost to being dangerous occasionally <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but um but you know he just he took, I think he took his world into his hands. So to me, when I first met him, you know, just the fact that he used a wheelchair to get around wasn't that much of an issue. Um, and you know, I I guess I had looked at my life up until that point and, and, you know, at that age, you don't have a lot of maturity, but I know that, um, that I didn't always take a standard look at life and do things standardly. So if he wasn't doing something standardly by walking next to me, he still was next to me, you know. Um, But my parents actually, not my, my mom actually kind of asked me a few questions and they were tough questions. And that was the first time that I had ever encountered that because I think they were looking long-term and I was so far in love, um, you know, and they were concerned that physically it might be an issue for me down the road. Um, but mm-hmm. it, you know, it just I wasn't going to take no for an answer. Um, and I think he exuded so much confidence that um, that it was easy to look past it. And most people that knew him did. He didn't, you know, really run into snags that often where people thought he was not a competent human being maybe when they first met him you know and they'd talk above his head or to me instead of him or you know some of the other issues that we all run into um but I just never looked at it that way
0: and I think that's a, actually a really good point to bring up, especially for the new new Wegs that are listening to this podcast is, um, you know, how do our friends and families react? And sometimes these are, you know, they're, they're reacting out of concern for us as WEGs, being like, is this something that, that you can foresee yourself being, you know, in, in a, in a relationship where your partner's using a chair or had an accident. I know that many, many women in our communities have been asked this question is, can you do this? Are you sure you want to do this? Do you know what this entails? And, you know, obviously everybody in our community is like, yeah, of course we do. We see past the chair and we want to be with the person
1: that's in the chair.
0: So I think that's a really great point to bring up.
1: Yeah. And we also get a lot of um, messages surrounding that, but also like, how do I approach talking to my parents about it? You know, one of my parents doesn't accept it. What do I do? Do you have any advice for those women out there that may feel like, you know, they want to do something and they're not, it's not necessarily approved
2: Well, I just never, um, you know, it wasn't so far as they said, we don't approve of this. You know, the question was just brought up a couple of times in some family discussions like, you know, are you sure you want to do this? Um, You know, I was graduating college and kind of on my own two feet. And so at that point, your parents aren't really telling you what to do anymore. Um, You know, I had a daughter. She was two years old when Paul met her. And um, so I had kind of lived life a little bit by that point. So my decisions were mine. Um, I I don't know. I think that's a hard issue to navigate when you have somebody that really... um, that really doesn't understand. Mm -hmm. But for me, that's what the key was. Um, The more exposure that my family had to Paul, the more they relaxed a little bit. It's just like um, when you introduce anything that's different into Mm -hmm. your family dynamic, it takes a little bit to get used to it, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And it just took them a little bit to get used to everything. I I don't even know if getting used to it is the best terminology. It, It really took them a minute to realize that there wasn't that much of a difference mm-hmm. between everybody. And I'm glad, you know, we've all had a great relationship our entire marriage too. So, um, you know, but that wasn't going to stop us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. And it's kind of like normalizing anything, right? When, when our society is, uh, is so conditioned to react a certain way to things that we're being told to accept as normal, quote unquote, that when something right like a situation takes over that is very unpredictable and quite different. I I feel like people like to kind of, you know, form their own opinions about, <laughs> about unsolicited advice sometimes too, where you're kind of like, no, this is my life. This is what I'm doing. But for other people, because it's not normal to them, it's, it takes a little bit to kind of get used to that. Right. I mean, even with our friends, like personally, Jessica, um, you know, still have friends that are like, Hey, can't you guys just come over? Can you just like, can't he be just like carried up the stairs and we're like yeah no you (laughs) can't. so dangerous (laughs) like no he can't or uh, you know even like when I was looking at apartments to rent can't you just carry him up these you know three stairs and I'm like no you guys are deemed accessible but you're not so there's a lot that you know it's a lot of awareness and I think a lot lot of education that comes around with that as being Wangs is just being really patient and kind and knowing that we just have to stay true to our partnerships and our relationships and you know stick it
2: out and eventually people come around yeah Yeah, I think there's a lot of education missed with that um you know the thing for Paul is that he always wants to be very independent where he can be and if he's having to be carried upstairs to get somewhere that kind of ruins that for him a little bit. He wants to come in on his own recognizance, you know? Um, And people just don't always get that. Um, You know, we've run into that less as we've gotten older because I think, um, you know, at this point, all right, I'm not that old, but people are starting to have some physical limitations where wherever we are in our peer groups, you know, we're in our late forties. And it it really kind of like evens the playing field a little bit, and there's a more of a realization of oh, <laughs> I very well might have some physical differences at one point, and I should probably re- be respectful to this person who does. That's interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: That's really interesting. Um, can, before we move forward, um, I wanted to get back to what you said about confidence and, um, the confidence that he had in himself and how that really attracted you to him when you first met him. Um, because I, you know, like going back to, you know, a lot of our community are paralyzed men around the world. Um, and they're, you know, they're probably list there's probably some listening right now that, um, are looking for advice on, you know, love and all that kind of jazzy stuff. But every time they message us, Elaine and I, we always say the same thing. We always say, you know, all you can do is work on yourself and work on your own confidence, because that is like the number one thing that is attractive is confidence and confidence in who you are. And that has nothing to do with if your physical body is working or not. And I feel like you've just kind of proved that in a way, um, as someone who's been married for as long as you have, and you know, someone who met their partner so young, it just goes to show you that confidence really is that important.
2: Oh, it, it was everything. I mean, he was impressive to me um, just because he had taken his situation and made it into something that was a positive for everybody around us. Um, you know, he, our when I say our school wasn't accessible, I am beyond serious about that. I mean, like the class that we were in together, they had to move downstairs from this, from the whole psychology department is was on the second floor and they had to move the class downstairs into the education department because, you know, Paul was in our class and how embarrassing could that be? That could be shattering to somebody's ego, right? Um, first Mm -hmm. day of class, everybody's running around confused. Why do we have to change classrooms? Oh, that guy who uses a wheelchair, he's in our class, but he just chose to apply himself to the class and be the smartest person in the room and uh you know get the best study partners as far as I'm concerned and uh <laughs> get the best grades you know he just he became confident and competitive and uh breezed past all the things that that were probably very wounding to him um You know, you can hear the admiration in my tone because I'm not sure that I would have handled it as gracefully as he did. And if you asked him, he he would say that he didn't handle it gracefully in the beginning. You know, he had a really, really rough transition time. He was 19 years old when he was injured. He was on full scholarship to the Citadel um, in South Carolina. He and it was an army scholarship. He was uh, wow. signed up to go uh, jump out of airplanes for the summer. He was planning on becoming an officer in the army and what a game changer, you know, he jumped in his backyard swimming pool and had his accident. Well, we all have terrible stories about our significant others like that. They're all just tragic stories of an injury or an illness um, or just a chance. Um, but he really, showed what his inner self was like because he did work on it himself. You know, he did project that confidence. He did try to compete as much as he could and be successful and, you know, just not let it stop him. I think that's
0: actually, you know what? I'm finding so many similarities with my partner in terms of education. Like what you're saying is it's a second chance to kind of like reinvent yourself. Um, When you when you do have all these plans that you have set up for yourself and your physical body cannot do that, you know, the stuff that you had planned to do. Um, And, you know, something similar happened to Dan, where he too, he was the guy wheeling into his classroom in a chair and was in an auditorium. And everybody, you know, there's stairs and everybody's sitting there looking at him and right and Buster <laughs> had a down saying, you know what, from now on, we won't be sitting here anymore and we'll be going downstairs. So You know, that piece of education for whoever, you know, is able to have access to that. It's huge because it's, again, like Brooke always says, working on yourself is huge. And when you don't have your physical body, learning something new, you know, expanding your mind or taking on a new skill where you're able to use your brain, that does build confidence, especially when you're doing really well in school and you're. You know, you're feeling, you know, you're feeling proud. You're feeling like, you know, I got this and I can do this. So we always, well, we definitely can relate to that.
2: Yeah. I'm always amazed at what people are coming up with. Um, and again, the power of the internet, not to be dorky about it, but uh, I love looking on Instagram at, um, you know, quads that are in the kitchen and they're chefs and they're creating beautiful dishes or, um, you know, A yoga instructor that teaches adapted yoga that is actually paralyzed or, you know, these, um, these accomplishments are are what give you the confidence as a human being. I know that that's something that translates to me. Um, You know, if I feel like I've accomplished things in my life, then I have the confidence to say, talk to you guys on a podcast today, you know, (laughs) because I'm kind of in nature, a little bit of a shy person. So this is, you know, an offshoot of me feeling like I've accomplished some things, you know, that I have something of value to talk about, and that's how that goes out into that, that relationship, and you know, might meet and have that connection with that that person that, you know, transform transforms your life. It it changes everything, and that's how it was for us. You know, it just changed everything, and from then on, it was uh, Team Paul and Jess. Aww. And we were going to take on, you know, life's life's obstacles together. And I'm glad. And and his the way he's handled things has also you know, been a great example of how I should handle things in my life, you know, and, and for the kids, too. <laughs> you know, you can't really argue with your dad if you're like, this, this is too hard. I can't do there's no arguing with Paul. Sorry. He wins. Our kids laugh about that all the time. They're like, well, you know, forget it. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good role model.
1: (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. It's so, you know, just going off what you were talking about more about like using your brain and new skills and how important it is to develop your personality. I don't think I know anybody to be honest, that's able-bodied that has been married for a long time that says, oh, the reason I'm, you know, still with my partner is because he has a great hot body.
2: Right. (laughs) You know, like I just... Right, that goes away. I just think that it fades. I'm sorry, Paul. No, it doesn't. Well, you know what,
1: though? It's not that they don't have nice bodies. It's like we think they're gorgeous the way that they are. Um, But it's more just like that superficial need of when someone meets somebody, oh, am I attracted to them? Oh, do they have a nice body? And that's kind of where it goes from there. It's just, I don't know. I just feel like the personality just makes that person a thousand times more attractive and the confidence. And I just, I feel like that's a good lesson to all the guys listening right now is that when you project confidence and when you are confident in who you are and you, you spend that time on yourself, it just
2: makes a world of a difference and Jessica and Paul well, polar proof kind of, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, you know, I laugh about that because it's more me that's changed. You know, I've had three kids and I'm 48 years old and I definitely don't look like that that young girl that met him at college. But, you know, I think it's right. I think um, when you when you start out, you've got that physical attraction. You've got um, the attraction of each other's emotional sense and, and uh, intellectual sense and and the confidence and the attitudes that somebody gives off that really fit into your life. And all those things are what's combined to make a really long term, healthy relationship and values, you know, things that are the same that you can connect on. Um, And there are a million hobbies and and accomplishments to use that word again, that you can have with somebody that has nothing to do with whether you can walk around in the world. And we have so much to do every day, like every day we wake up and we're like, Oh, wow, which of the 9000 things that we want to do today? Are we going to do? And, you know, and we meet somewhere with that physicality, you know, mm-hmm. um, and there are things that, that I don't take part in because Paul can't take part in them. Um, and then I'm sure he has things the same way, you know, he doesn't go and spend tons of time with his guy friends. He sees them, but, um, but like I said, we kind of put each other first.
0: That's a cool dynamic. I like that. And kind of going back to what you're saying about working on yourself, I think that there is nothing more attractive than seeing somebody who's determined, right? Especially after right. changes their lives, somebody who's willing to push for themselves themselves who's who's you know who's able to just get back out there and reconstruct what everything they knew about life as they knew it and and being able to kind of you know show that determination not only are they a great role model to you but as a partner to be so proud of somebody who's able to get out of bed and paralyzed or not it's like I'm gonna take on the day today and we're just gonna do it and I'm gonna Find ways to, to make things happen and adapt things so so you can, you know, like you were saying, cook or do yoga or encourage other people in the community to show that the disabled community doesn't need to just stay at home and hide because this world is not set up for them. You know, it's being able to reconstruct everything as you knew it. So I think that's really, really cool. You guys are an awesome couple and it sounds like you're very much in love still.
2: Oh, yeah, we definitely are. Um, But, you know, I don't have all the secrets. I only know our little situation that we have together. But, um but whatever we've been doing has been working for a long time. So
1: <laughs> we always talk about this, we're always like, you know, do you like, uh, work on yourself? Do you? And honestly, like, I always say this as well as like, after, you know, f- being with my partner before his accident. um I-, I feel like a lot of guys in general in this community used to place an emphasis on their physical bodies a lot or had physical jobs, or there's that kind of like, commonality between them where they've liked extreme sports or they've had a very labor intensive job or they're, you know, they, they place a lot of emphasis on their, on their physical selves. And I feel like when this accident happened a good majority of them were like oh my gosh it was that grieving process of not being able to rely on your physical self anymore and how hard that is in a society that is so set up for you know I know it's changing now I'm hopeful that it's changing but you know society has been always set up on what you look like and what you can perform as and how you can use your hands and a lot of our partners made their money using their hands and Mm -hmm. I just, I just, when you see something that is like a progression, as far as like emotions and spirituality happen after an injury like this, like my, you know, my partner, he, the way that he's changed, it hasn't really been a change. It's been more like his personality traits and emotional traits and morals and beliefs have just been brought into the surface and been made that much more important. And It's just really, really, I just always want everybody who's listening to like understand this, that it's not your physical self that matters. It's your, it's what's between your ears. It's how you can relate to your partner and how you can understand her and vice versa. And so I'm really happy to have someone like you on the podcast because it just shows such strength and such love and you can like literally
2: feel the love through the phone. So (laughs) I just want you to know that. Thank you. That's awesome. I hope uh, Paul feels the same way Aww. when he listens to me talk about our relationship. <laughs> I, I think you're totally right about that. I think um, 100%. Uh, you know, we're not programmed normally. You know, we're, we like you said, there are expectations and and, and I, ideas of the, the perfect husband or the perfect relationship. Yeah. And a lot of times, um, you know, we try to hold ourselves to those standards. And not that our guys aren't perfect, just like they are, because they are perfect. Um, This is just a change. It's different than how they started out. um, Or maybe they've been, you know, using a wheelchair for their entire lives, whatever. Um, You have to focus on the person that you're going to be with long term. And that is, like you said, right between their ears. That's the person that you're going to be with long term. That's the person that you sit in you know, coronavirus quarantine Mm -hmm. with and talk to every day. And if you manage to get through that and you're not sick of each other, then you've done really, really well. You know, you're talking to their brain at that point. You are Mm -hmm. not talking to your physical relationship that would have, you know, I don't know, maybe it wouldn't have worn out after two months, but you know, Hey, (laughs)
1: let's put this episode on a momentary pause because we want to introduce all of you to another one of our amazing sponsors, Wishart Brain and Spine Law. Led by
0: our personal mentor and lawyer, Robin Wishart, Wishart Brain and Spine Law is a uniquely specialized law firm located in Vancouver, British Columbia. They focus their practice on complex spinal cord injury and traumatic brain injury cases and work with clients all over North America as advocates and a
1: much-needed resource for the SEI community. Robin and her team look at their clients differently than other firms. You are not just a case, you're a person with a family, a life and a purpose. Robin and her team are always looking for
0: ways that they can help rebuild the best life possible for their clients by finding them support they need for their recovery, such as assisting with paperwork and benefits paperwork, finding resources for home adaptations, setting up medical appointments with doctors and specialists, making sure that her clients are doing okay physically and mentally.
1: Wishart Brain and Spine Law is proud to support WEGS of SCI. Robin is committed to helping clients and their families any way she can because she wants you to live a life and not your claim.
0: Your first consultation is always free. So contact them at BrainAndSpineLaw.com and make sure you mention the WAGs of SCI.
1: We actually wanted to ask you about your children, um, okay. and about, you know, as much detail as you want to give about that process for you. Um, and like, you know, you personally deciding to have children and um, what what was your process with that?
2: Anytime this question comes up in our community online, I try to give as much information as I can remember, you know, it's been a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do, I am sensitive to the fact that my children are going to listen to this podcast and I don't really want them to throw up. So I'm going to be kind of somewhere in between. And I'm going to (laughs) say that I am out there on the WAGs Facebook. And when, again, like I said, when this comes up, I always chime in. Um, you know, I told you guys that when we moved up to Atlanta, which was a much bigger city and it was much more accessible, and Paul was in a community up there where he had lots of friends that used wheelchairs. Um You know, we were married in Savannah, and then we moved up there, and uh, a lot of the other wives were available to me. And, you know, we're all kind of around the same age, and I already had uh, Liz, my daughter, um, and she was with us, and boy, she was really spoiled by this entire community. Um, But we were all getting to the point that we wanted to have children. And so everybody's path was a little bit different um, to this. We were looking at lots of ways to make everything happen. I started taking, um, fertility medication because that's what most of the girls in our community were doing. Um, it began to get a little bit stressful, which was affecting things. Um, Mm -hmm. so we just kind of put it to the side. Um, and then we had some success that had not happened to us before. And, um, I don't want to be so corny. It was almost like um, we knew that I got pregnant um, the day that it happened. And, you know, I had stopped taking the medication. We were trying to relax about it a little bit because it was so stressful Um, because we wanted it so bad. We wanted siblings for Liz. We wanted to firm up our little family. We wanted, you know, I didn't want my family. um, I have three siblings and we are strung out in age. My sister is 16 years older than I am. So my mom was always raising children and we didn't want that. We wanted our time together, you know, since we already had Liz, it was going to have to come at the tail end of our marriage, you know? Um, so we just began to relax about it a little bit. And I think that was key for us because, um, we got pregnant with Mac and I kind of sailed through pregnancy and, you know, had this easy birth. And now we have this six, four, almost 20 year old monster in our house and he's wonderful. And his brother, Jake followed about 20 months later. Wow. (laughs) And, um, yeah, uh, and so Liz has had these two beautiful boys as her siblings, you know, and, she was a little shocked at first because um, because she was no longer by herself, and she had to share her time with us. but <laughs> um, but it was really great. Oh, and I you know I have to say this too. I know that um, there might be situations where um, we were talking about advice for guys, and I have a really cute story um, about when Paul met Liz. Um, so they were really adorable when she was little. And like I said, they met when she was two. And, uh, she'd been on a play date and, and we were kind of hanging out in my apartment together and I knew that she was on her way home. And I was like, are you ready to meet Liz? And he's like, yeah. So, you know, right away he looked at my situation, which was a little atypical for our age group and was like, okay, I'm going to embrace this. She's embraced me. Right. Um, and it's, you know, it's more common now, but, but. You know, I, I wasn't that young, but I was in my early 20s and already kind of strapped down with a family, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, Liz comes in the door and she has in her little adorable fist because she was super cute when she was little. Um, She's cute now. Um, But she has in her fist (laughs) an Oreo cookie that I think she's probably chewed on for like an hour and a half. And it is like melting down her arm. It is drooled on. There are teeth marks on it. It is disgusting. And she walks right up to him and she asks him, she says, want a bite? And he ate it. (laughs) he ate the bite and I was like oh you are a winner (laughs) oh that is really really cute yeah super cute but you know kind of that back and forth acceptance is another aspect of a good and healthy relationship or at least as far as I'm concerned so I thought I'd tell you all that story
1: I think that you've got into the, the most detail that you want to get into. And yeah, yeah, like, like Jessica said, I mean, she's always a resource on the legs of SCI uh, Facebook yes. private group. And I'm one.
2: open on that. I'm super open on that. Um, you know, uh, and I love hearing it, you know, as I'm hearing things, it's kind of jogging my memory for, for how we manage things. Um, I like to read all the information I'm like, Oh yeah, we did that. Um, you know, Things like uh, using a decongestant. I mean, that came up the other day. Go and find the information for yourself. Interesting. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's really interesting what you said
1: about like about being relaxed and just kind of letting it. Happen. Um, I've I've read mm-hmm. that a few times now on the private group where you know women are just so stressed out trying to make it happen they can't make it happen and just when they relax it's like boom so I think there's a lesson there to be learned right
2: oh yeah Same you know thing. I had a friend that was in uh, infertility treatments for years and she was so stressed out about the money that they were spending and uh, the lack of a pregnancy and so they decided to quit finally they decided that they could not afford it anymore and. She was pregnant a month later, oh so God. the stress is a giant factor, I think. But it was for both of us. So Jessica, let's let's talk more
0: about you and everything. You are a wizard of so much skill. You've done so many things in your life. You guys participate in so many different things in your life. Can you tell us at the very beginning of it all how it all began for you? And so you began as a speech pathologist, and then.
2: My degree was in speech pathology, and when we moved up to Atlanta, I worked in the school system, and that was a wonderful job, but I was so intent on being a mom at that point and really putting a lot of focus on raising my kids that... Um, that kind of got my focus on how can we make this work for our family? So when we uh, moved back to Savannah, we moved to be closer to my family. Um, you know, just missed the coast so much. And, and it was nice to be in a bigger city, but um, it's a little bit more impersonal than Savannah is. I, that small community really appeals to me. Um, so we moved back and uh And I began to, to teach and to do jobs, you know, that, that would keep me around the kids more, um, rather than, you know, being in an office or being in a school system all the time and not being available to them. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were little, so it was fun. Um, but Paul was working in urological sales, and at that time he was working for Coloplast. He was their uh, their first urological sales rep in the United States. It's really funny. Wow. Um, and he, yeah, <laughs> and he he's been in urologicals his entire career. So, uh, but he was covering the the whole East Coast of the United States. So he would leave like on Monday, and we would not see him until Thursday or Friday, and that was just not not working for me. Um, You know, I'm raising rambunctious boys and trying to give Liz her time and be involved in their lives and still work some. And um, you know, that just wasn't working. So, you know, we came up with the idea to kind of form a urological company of our own, and and we moved into that. But I, I think, um, you know, I was thinking about the questions you guys were asking me, and I think that I have always kept like a, a little side job that gave me a sense of self, even though Paul and I were working together. Mm-hmm. So I, you're right, I've moved through a lot of careers. <laughs> And that's really cool to see, too.
0: Like we were saying at the very beginning of this podcast when we were talking and what did you say? You said, you know, I'm not so used to talking about myself because I'm always here kind of, you know, behind the scenes of Anger Med, um, everything. Right. So it's kind of cool to, you know, this is what our group is about. We're here to talk about the women behind the men, so to speak, because Especially with SCI, a lot of the attention is focused on our partners, right? They're the ones that, that need that urgent care or, you know, that really need something on the fly that sometimes we kind of lose ourselves a little bit. We we become, you know, the caregivers, which is okay, but we kind of forget about what we want to do with ourselves. So it's just been really nice to read about all the many hats that you wear, the writing that you do. It's It's incredibly inspirational.
2: Oh, thank you for that. You know, um, even the good things are, are kind of, um, and this doesn't go for me, this goes for everybody, even like, like the good celebrations, there's a lot of attention levied on our significant others, you know, because they have done so much with their lives, they're out and they're doing things. Um, Paul and I used to laugh and say, if every time there was a dance contest, we'd enter it just because we knew we'd win. <laughs> you know, who's not going to celebrate the guy in, in the wheelchair, you know? Um, you know, I can't tell you how many ridiculous little Prizes we have from stuff like that. But you know, it's kind of that, um, you're right, you lose your sense of self in that and you just become part of the couple, you know, that that is differently abled. And um, that's something that I'm a really firm believer. I'm I'm a very creative person. And if I didn't have that outlet and I didn't let myself explore that, um, I'd probably be crazy. Um, So even through all the kids and and through all the career changes that I've had, um, you know, I've always just searched for some kind of outlet that was creative for myself. And I've taken a little bit of time for myself. Um, and you guys talk so much about self-care. When all this started, I didn't really have that terminology to draw on. But it's so important. You have to take that time to recharge yourself, to think what your truths are, what your inner self wants. What are your goals? What are your accomplishments? You know, and your significant other should in a healthy relationship be supportive of that. And you know, we all are not perfect. We all don't always support our our loved ones like we should. But for the most part, um, it should be priority for everybody to rise out of a, a good relationship, not just one person.
1: Aww. I'm really <laughs> happy you said that I'm really happy because there's so many women out there that just struggle with that lack of identity. And yep. when I, I remember when oh, this was about a year after my partner was injured, I remember I was due to start another job about a week after he was injured, I had signed a contract, I was ready to go. And I had to kind of let that job go. And so I wasn't working at all during the first year of his injury and I was getting used to being a full-time caregiver and I literally remember sitting there we were watching a show one night and I said, "You know, I really need to flex my creative muscle. I need to get back into the game. I'm a graphic designer, website designer by trade." So, oh, yeah. That just that little bit of like, "Okay, I'm, I'm going back to what I want to do. Even if it's just one client, I don't care as long as it's some sort of creative outlet. And there's so many, you've probably seen on the message board of women, like, what can I do to make some extra money? I always comment. I'm always like, you need to do something that you're passionate about so that you have that outlet so that it is your self care. And you're also making money doing it. That would be the ideal situation, right? Where you have that time for yourself.
2: Which really builds your self worth, you know, if I can, you know, if I can provide something to our family or even take myself and go have a treat or a meal or a coffee or mm-hmm. you know whatever because you know as a writer you don't make very much money <laughs> but um hopefully one of these days I'll be a rich and famous writer but not now oh um, you will you well. you've been very oh, thank you <laughs> So, you know, it's just really wonderful to have that kind of, you know, again, that's a creative outlet, but it's also success. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, when you're worried about finances, too, that's such a stressor on on your marriage, on your relationship. And, and you know, thankfully, again, back to the Internet, there mm-hmm. are so many ways for people to make money from home now. And it's beautiful. Yeah, it really is. And you are a freelance writer,
0: um, and we can see some of your work in in new mobility, Eat This, Not That. I thought that was really cool. Thank Um, you, I've had good fun writing to them. That would have been a really great, great uh, piece to read. And I think I haven't read it, but I would love to. Um, And we've seen you in Microsoft News, Eating Well Magazine, along
2: with billions of others. So can you tell us more, what was your favorite piece to write? Oh, gosh, that's a hard question. Uh, Oh, man. Um, well, so everything kind of come comes back to food, because uh, I don't know, I I have always been interested in in everything in the kitchen. It just is fascinating to me. Um, So I probably most of my writing deals with food, but this This last thing that I did for Eating Well magazine um, is one of my favorites because this lady has exactly the idea of what we all would want someone to do. So um, it's a story. It's a very short story about a woman from North Carolina who had children, two of her children uh, have Down syndrome and she was appalled at the statistics uh, as they were getting older of how many people with intellectual disabilities actually have jobs so she started a coffee shop in north carolina and hired and it wasn't just one of these things like you see one person with an intellectual disability and a bunch of staff that prop them up it is run there is only herself and a manager and the entire rest of the staff that run the coffee shop are all uh, people with intellectual disabilities and so it has You know, I think she was CNN person of the year one year, and it has spread. There are shops in Charleston. Um, There is a shop in Savannah. I think she has maybe three other locations around. um, And it is just she has plans to spread it across the country. And I got to write about that. That was awesome.
0: That's so cool. Very cool. And how honoring too, right? To be able to be part of something so big and and again, it's interesting how you come back to the, the community of, you know, advocating for disabilities and being a part of that.
2: Right. You know, it it spoke to me because, um, because I feel like, you know, we have another salesperson uh, named Tom, and he was sharing with me a little bit about how he felt like his advancement opportunities at work when he was early in his career were just not there. And, you know, it's all about exposure. It's all about, again, getting people used to the different abilities of everyone so that they're comfortable so that they can say, Hey, I can hire that person with down syndrome or I can hire that man who uses a wheelchair and it's not, not going to affect anything. It's going to be wonderful. So it's that exposure again. And I just think it's a beautiful mission that kind of goes right along with what we all would want to happen for everyone with a disability.
1: I'm glad um, so. you brought this up because I think Elena and I both will say that um, one of the main reasons why we loved your company and your mission so much um, at Anchor Medical was that you guys employ people with disabilities and you, you see past the chair and, you know, it's owned by a quad and, his wife and it's just it's just so inclusive and you know i i know that you've hired um uh a, a wag her name's
2: alexa's uh boyfriend is that is that the yes, case yes ty, that's awesome. ty. <laughs> absolutely yes that's so ty cool williams. shout out to ty yeah. williams yes no he is wonderful and we are um trying to expand as rapidly as we can into other areas and ties up in maryland he's going to kind of handle maryland and virginia and washington dc for us. And he's kind of helping us build the area as we go. Um, And he's a remarkable, uh, and I say young man, sorry, Ty, but you are young to me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But he's very remarkable. Um, He's so confident and well-spoken. I just, I have this vision of him being this beautiful public speaker and bringing such value to people in the community and that's really what we're trying to do with everything that we do. You know, the, our social media, uh, our newsletter, I'm really just trying to <laughs> like bring as much information into the community that's really valuable and, you know, if people choose to use us because of that, then we've delineated ourselves because we, we truly are wanting to build a community of, of people. And it, it's been nice. Um, you know, over the years, we've been able to give to a lot of different, uh, initiatives that, you know, from sporting events, we've sponsored athletes, we've, um, worked with the Spina Bifida association. We, you know, and that's obviously the kind of thing uh, I'm a little bit interested in. So <laughs> it's very rewarding. And then you guys, um, I, yes. if I can help further your mission, I'm, I'm down. And you have, and you've been a great contributor, not only to our podcast,
0: but as well to, you know, putting together beautiful gift baskets to give away to our women who really are quite deserving of some self-care and some self-love that way. So thank you
1: that for that. That was
2: fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: And I <laughs> I, I think we, we also want to know, how many hats do you wear at Anchor Med Supplies? Oh
2: my gosh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hmm. Well, I'm going to say that my biggest hat, my 10 gallon hat is uh, marketing director, but there's so much to that. You guys know, you, you push information out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, <laughs> uh, I feel that's my feeling today on a Monday. is <laughs> <ugh>. um, <laughs> You know, it's social media. It is that newsletter. It's, it's, um, you know, now that we are, <sighs> See, we we've got a difficult road right now because the rehabs and the hospitals are closed off to visitors. So our salespeople who would normally be inside of these hospitals doing peer support um, and they have their hands tied a little bit. They, they can't get in there. So we've been, kind. Of, you know, you'll respect this as a graphic designer coming up with lots of digital property to share with our referral sources so that we continue to get business during this time, it has been a challenge. Um, and, and if I seem like I'm off the grid, it's also because I don't have that much to talk about. No one is having adaptive programs. No one, you know, there are peer zoom support meetings and we're here if anybody needs peer support. Cause you know, with our salespeople, we've got, um, we've got people in all different Uh, Stages of their injuries. You know, we've got James in Atlanta and he works with Shepard and he is a certified Christopher Reeve peer supporter. And then we've got Tom and he's been in a chair for a ton of time. And then, you know, Paul obviously was hurt, you know, Ooh, I don't even want to say the year because I'll get it wrong, (laughs) but you know, prior to us meeting and, um, and then we have Ty who's a relatively new injury. So we just have kind of the whole spectrum, right. And we're here if anybody needs to talk, but then, um, but then everybody is zoomed out a little bit, you know, at this point. So it's been a challenge, but I wear that hat. I wear the marketing hat. Um, very, very gladly. Um, I spend half of my time freelance writing and I'm moving into a couple of book ideas that I've had. So I am going to devote a little bit of time for that. Very excited. Um, yes, I, it's a pivot and, um, and then, uh, everything else. I mean, Paul and I kind of consult on everything. Um, you know, we're going to be, uh, developing a couple of new offices to get some Medicaid licenses. So we will actually be doing some traveling to other areas because you have to staff those office and we'll have to kick offices. We'll have to kick them off. Um, I'm a volunteer, you know, like I said, we do work with, for example, the Spina Bifida Association and I will go out there and give all I can to their events and um, to other events around our community. Um, and that's gosh. very,
0: i the bull of you. I mean, you are very, very busy. How do you come up with all the time? You know, that's, I think, what all of our listeners want to know. How does she do it? So <laughs> oh, this- gosh.
2: <laughs> I'm not really sure. And, you know, uh, if if they had heard the beginning of this phone call, they'd know that I'm often like clawing myself through to get to the next thing. But, um, but I, I think, um, I think it makes it easy because a lot of the things are combined. You know, I sit right next to Paul and at a desk right now. Um, and we talk about things and we schedule, uh, we schedule time we're busier with work now than we were during Jake's senior year when he was in, in class and he was wrestling and, you know, we're just we kind of multitask through everything I think.
1: (laughs) And you're like a true team you're just like in every way a true team which is so important and this kind of brings us to a little bit of a personal question um you've Uh been married for so long (laughs) you've been married for a long time um your partner's you know he's he's disabled but we want to know what your let's just say one or two piece, biggest pieces of advice, um, to anyone that's new to this life, what would it be?
2: Mm, That is a tough question. Um, I know there's
1: so much, there's so like, you know, much to, but what is like, what are the like one or two things that have just kept you as a woman grounded in your relationship and happy and successful in that?
2: Well, I think I've been happiest when I didn't lose my sense of self with the kids or with Paul, you know, cause, um, moms tend to do that also. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's not something that's just being with someone that, that might, uh, I want to say this correctly, might take, um, time during the day to help them get about their day, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. um, So not losing my sense of self was extremely important. And I have to every now and then I do and I have to take a minute and and do a little self care and explore what makes me me and then come back, circle back to those things and allow them back in in my life because I have a tendency to. You know, I'm a fixer, and I want to help with everything, and I want to take on everybody's burdens. And um, I have to circle back. That's my self care. I circle back, and I find myself again. And I'm like, okay, today I'm I'm going to be kind to myself. I'm not going to work out like a fiend or do too many hours of work. I might go take a walk, or you know, do something for myself. Um, and then the second. Yeah. Um, The second piece of advice I would say is that um, and again, I seem a little corny, but I think that community is just incredibly important. I think it's the most important thing. Um, There have been so many times in my life that I have reached out Um, you know, we might have run into a hiccup, or Paul might have had a dark day, or, um, you know, we might have a physical issue. Community is so important. And you use the word normalizing earlier, when you have that support, and other women have made the same choices that you have, it gives it that kind of cred, you know, that kind of, okay, um, I'm not just way out there. I'm not crazy. This life works, and just having that community is the most important thing I think for for a relationship with somebody that's differently abled. For any kind of relationship,
0: absolutely. Thank you for saying that, Jessica. I mean you've been you've been a pillar of our of our group as well. And you know, like you said, we can bounce things off of each other, whether they're positive or are tough. And that sense is huge. And both of us didn't have that sense of community when we either just like you, um, we're going through the rehab system. So thank you for saying that. And again, you've been a big part of that as well.
2: Well, I hope your mission really gets spread throughout um, all the area that people need it because it is so very important. So we're happy to help.
0: Excellent. So, for our listeners, you have gotten to know Jessica Farthing of AnchorMedicalSupplies.com. This is a truly, truly great company as it is a family business. And it, you can hear it in Jessica's voice that you guys are a true team and you really, really want to help others get the best products, get the best supplies very discreet, discreetly to their door. And thank you for that support through and through
2: thank you guys so much is anchor supplies.com just so just so somebody awesome. can find us if you choose to use us
1: <laughs> awesome and jessica if if there's a wag out there that wants to connect with you um what's the best way of getting in touch with you um and are you open to that like it it would it be
2: facebook or would it be um your website oh gosh anyway um I answer, you know, all the emails that come through the business website. I answer, so oh, you perfect. can get me at AnchorMedSupplies dot That's probably the easiest. Um, and then also, you can send me a message on Instagram at Anchor Medical. Um, we're having fun with that. So awesome. That's a great Instagram. community.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's how that's how WEG started. It's just it's, things are so easy on Instagram. They the information is able to be shared so easily. And we're so happy you guys are on there. Um, so thank you so much again, Jessica, for agreeing to be on the podcast. And we're so inspired by you. And we hope that you, there's a lot of other women that are listening today that have clearly found a lot of inspiration in what you're saying. So we're very grateful to you and um for for connecting with us. And yeah, once again,
2: thank you. Well, I think I just got really lucky in the relationship department, but thank you for saying that. <laughs> and um, if anybody has any questions for me, I'd be happy to answer them. So you guys, thank you very much. Awesome. Have a great rest of your day.
0: You too. The advocacy and outreach group Wags of SCI is currently
1: a volunteer-based operation. We raise funds year-round to pay for date nights for our couples, essential medical supplies that our members may not be able to afford, mental health support for our Wags, including counselling, and our amazing meetups led by our volunteer ambassadors around the globe. If you feel called to support our mission, please visit our website
0: wagsofsci.com or donate directly to the Wags of
1: SCI GoFundMe page. We thank you for your support to help make this group possible and make a difference in the lives of SCI couples worldwide.